ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's episode of Uncaped Heroes. I'm Cassie Holland, along with my co-host, Stacey Johnston. Stacey, how are you today? I am fabulous today. Thank you, Cassie. It's a beautiful day, and as always, I'm excited about what we're going to learn and who we're going to get to meet today and what kind of knowledge I'm going to get to carry forward, so I'm, I'm loving this. I'm looking forward to it myself. Today we have a beautiful guest joining us from Alberta, Canada. Her name is Carolyn Bozenko. Carolyn, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful, thank you. Great. So why don't you kick us off and get us started? Tell us who Carolyn is, what do you do, how can people connect with you, and yeah, tell us about you. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. So I am, well, I'm lots of different things. I guess professionally, my main thing that I do is I'm a psychologist. I work with children, teens, and families. Um, I do a lot of assessment work. So, you know, looking if a kiddo is having difficulties with learning or with attention, I sort of investigate how their brain works and, and how they learn best. And I also, on the therapeutic side, most of my work focuses on anxiety uh, and you know the anxiety has been on the rise and with COVID man it's been exponential so you know a lot of my work has focused shifted focus really working on that anxiety piece uh, it's been huge so that's the bulk of my work I have my own private practice I also do a lot of supervision teaching I also started some professional development courses where other mental health professionals consult with me or train with me, especially around the anxiety piece, because there's so many things that we do, whether we're parents, but even professionals, we make mistakes sometimes and make the anxiety worse because our heartstrings are pulled and we don't want kids to feel bad and we kind of get sucked into that. So right now, a lot of my focus is actually with the adults who are working with kiddos, whether it's parents or teachers or other mental health professionals, just to make sure that we're actually helping kids. I think a lot of what we do is, <laughs> it, it seems intuitive and it feels really good, but it's actually making things worse. Uh, so that's, you know, professionally, I'm also a mom and I've got two girls with ADHD and anxiety. So I really understand, you know, from the parenting side of things too, how tricky it can be as a parent. And uh, yeah, so they keep me busy when I'm not helping families or doing any training. And I've got, you know, little things. I've started a couple of my own podcasts. I've got a parenting one that I do with my husband that's been a lot of fun. I usually cry a lot. My kids interrupt us a lot, but um, they're fun. So very, very busy. That's, mm -hmm. you know, the bulk of what I'm doing right now. Oh, I love it. I, I love the innovation and out there and the way we've all kind of made these new pivots and, and done things like start podcasts and open new groups to accommodate what's going on. You know, I think that's a, it's a beautiful sign that people are paying attention to what's happening and there's so much beautiful space being provided to people, I think, right now worldwide to just come together Absolutely. over here. Yeah, I love seeing it. Do you see the same thing? Yeah, it's it's been amazing to see, uh, yeah, exactly, worldwide, globally, the resilience for yeah. everyone being able to, even though we're socially isolated, finding new ways to be able to connect, you know, therapists, finding new ways to make sure that 
support is accessible. Uh, but even my children, you know, it's, it's been amazing watching that innovation. You know, um, I'm very strict when it comes to screens. And even though I have a daughter in high school, you know, she does not have any access to social media. But they were really good about, hey, my cousin has a battleship board game, and I've got the board game, so let's play Battleship together. We might not be able to be in person, but, you know, so that flexibility and, and the resilience that we've seen has been phenomenal. Um, and, and even with everything that's going on in the Ukraine, too, right now, my husband, I mean, he's always showing us videos of the resiliency of the Ukraine people who are making TikTok videos on how to hide, like take over a Russian tank that's been abandoned on the side of the road, right? Or, <laughs> you, you know, I think mm. that there's been a lot of um, just interesting things that people are doing and that we're coming up with, you know, just to be able to manage with everything that's going on in the world. It's been amazing. I know Kathy and I have been, we've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. We've had the opportunity to travel all the way around the world from the comfort of her living room. And she's, you know, be able to homeschool her children and I can care for my mom. And we meet these amazing people all over the world doing the coolest things to just provide for mankind. You know, they're like, hey, I know what it's like to be burned out. Come over here and we'll help you get better over here. We all get that. And they're just opening up these areas of space for people to, to come get better and accept and, and, like I said, find a place to connect and and understand and move forward. This is the coolest thing. So let's turn the table for just a second. If you were going to, if, as you look at the life that you live and, and the people that you meet, if you had to define the word hero, how would you define that? And who along your journey, who fits into that for you? A hero for me, it's definitely someone who's courageous. And when I talk about courage, I mean, I talk about courage all the time in, in the work that I do. It's not someone who's fearless. And I think that a lot of people confuse that. They're not scared of anything. Um, no, they are, you know, if you're courageous, you are scared, but you're doing whatever it is that you're scared of anyways. And so it's someone who's courageous to be themselves. It's someone who is a leader. They inspire other people to be the best version of themselves and to be kind to others and to, to live, you know, a good life. I, really, that inspiration, that's always been my mission, is, is to be an inspiration and to be that leader and, and give that hope. Um, and a leader also, though, who shows their own vulnerability, who's very humble, right, who doesn't get caught up in the world of things or, you know, needing to have, whether it's material things or power or whatever it is, right? They, they don't need all of those things. They really just focus on what can I do for you? How can I serve you? And that's building up my own happiness and owning up to their own mistakes, right? Being able to say, man, that was a big failure, but what have I learned from this? And I think that that's really important, right? Being able to show that. Um, and I'm often fostering, you know, we got to create a society, even if it's a classroom when I'm consulting to teachers, right, creating an environment where kids can make mistakes. We're going to celebrate those mistakes. We're going to have a wall of mistakes that we can celebrate, and what have you learned from that? And, you know, in thinking about who my hero is, man, there's so many people who fit that bill, but the one person who stands out above the rest, who's had a direct influence in my life is actually the Dalai Lama. 
Um, I had the opportunity to meet him in 2012. I was in Australia at the time, and, and he was speaking. So that was the first. It was just incredible. I don't know if you've ever heard the Dalai Lama speak, but he there was an interpreter, but he was really speaking anyways. There was a couple of things. You know, he wasn't sure of in English, but he was speaking. And he's so funny and giggly, and he'll own up to the – you know, do you think that I live without suffering? Oh, no, like I'm suffering all the time, right? This is part of human nature. So he brings that vulnerability. He brings that humbleness. He, he laughs at himself. And, and he is that leader. He's one of the most influential leaders in the entire world. And he's been through, you know, he's been through exile. And, and he's the very, you know, when we talk about resilience, it's being able to thrive even after significant adversity and stress and he's definitely shown all of that resilience and and not only bounced back but that thriving piece where he's grown and become this really inspirational leader even now and 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 you know in these hard times the whole world is looking towards him and it's it's always the same message right about embracing whatever comes up, even if you have fallen flat on your face, even if you are suffering, even if you are feeling depressed, it's being able to embrace that and learn from that, grow from that, and how can we reach out to others. So he uh, has really, even just shaking his hand, I, it, I can't even describe this wave of overwhelm, of, but, but positive overwhelm, right? Just this whole almost cleansing. And I'm not, you know, religious or anything like that, but, but it was really a moment that I'll never forget, just being in his presence and him smiling and grabbing my hand and, and, and just being able to listen to him when he speaks as well. It's just refreshing and inspiring um the other thing too is he's just got this childlike wonder and joy he's never lost that and and that's really been something that I've tried to live by myself I am like a big kid my husband's always joking you know it's unbelievable I never thought I would have to parent three girls me being the third, right? Because I am the big kid. Like, we were just ha- talking about that last night. I'm like, what? He's like, you just, you're just the big kid. Like, you're making big decisions, right? And and um, decisions as a kid. You're not thinking like an adult. And I think that that we lose that along the way sometimes. And I know even when I went through grad school, I lost that, where I just felt like the soul was sucked out of me. Um, so, being able to. You know, I just think of what the Dalai Lama's been through in his life, but he still maintained that wonder and joy for life and hope for humanity and, um, you know, been a wonderful, humble, vulnerable leader as he does so. Mm-hmm. Mm. Beautiful. What a beautiful experience. And, you know, I totally and- agree with, with the learning from your mistakes, right? I, that's one thing I try to teach my kids is that failing is okay as long as you fail forward. Yeah. As long as you, as long as you come back to that and learn from whatever happened, it's all worth it. So, and when we look at the research for the top... Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when we look at the research for the most uh, successful people in the world, they have one trait in common, and that is 
embracing failure. They look for opportunities to fail because they know that's how they're going to grow and develop. And that is definitely something I instill with my girls. Even just last week, my daughter didn't do great on her physics test. And, and we started going through and I'm like, well, what did you learn from this experience? I'm always asking, what did you learn from this experience? She's like, I need to go to the bathroom before I write a test. <laughs> and because she was just, she didn't. And then she was so focused on not peeing herself that she didn't, she couldn't focus on the physics test. And that's okay. If that's the lesson, right? I thought it was going to be, I should have studied more, but that was her lesson, right? And, and that's okay. You took something to move forward to be a little bit better tomorrow. I like it. I like it. What a Me great too. connection. So in a different direction, if there was a, a specific life lesson that you feel like our audience needs to know, what would it be? Yeah, I don't know if it's a different direction. I, I think that for me it's, I mean, the life lesson really is, and I'm still working towards it, but it's not taking everything so seriously. So I'm definitely reminding myself of this lesson regularly, um, but it's something that I have tried to live by, especially since I saw the Dalai Lama, but, you know, for sure since a young adult. When I was a child, I took everything. I was a perfectionist, and I took everything seriously. I remember in grade five running out of the classroom, falling because I got a C on an art project that I don't even like art, right? Um, and, and I think that we've created the society of constant comparison and, and needing to achieve and, and all of these things. But I went traveling. I actually left the day after 9-11, and you could just imagine what the world was like. And I was just, you know, early 20s, flew into Heathrow, and there's guards everywhere with semi-automatic rifles, and it was scary. <laughs> I, I remember my parents and everyone around me saying, you should not be going. And I'm like, this is the best time to be going. You know how good security is going to be? I wasn't going to change my plans. And I have always been someone who sort of flies by the seat of my pants. Um, and I found on my travels, just everyone was so rigid and so stressed. You know, even just fellow teenagers and young adults who were backpacking, but they had a fixed schedule. And I have to be here. I have to be there. I'm going to be at this hotel. I have to go to that museum. And there was no variation where I was, like, I literally flew into Heathrow and I didn't have a plan from there. <laughs> and so I had that flexibility. I remember being in Brussels one day and meeting someone and they're like, hey, I'm going to go to Paris tomorrow. Do you want to come? I'm like, yeah, I do. And so just having that flexibility, being open to new experiences and that has been, that flexibility, I think, and, and not taking things so seriously has been so critical. And it's usually the thing that I'm working on, especially when I'm looking at anxiety and depression. We get rigid. We get stuck. And so being able to not hold on to the seriousness of life, that's one of the things I love about my eldest daughter. She's got this childlike wonder. I mean, we tease her. We're teasing all the time, but we tease her. She thought hot dog stands was just something in movies. You know, she's only ever seen them in a movie in New York, for example, right? Didn't think that there was actually hot dog scents. And I just love that sort of innocence of her and just wonder when she realized, oh, there's really hot dog stands in the world. <laughs> it's just so amazing to be able to see that. And, and you know, it's so easy to get caught up in the, the stress of everything. And I think, you know, that's what I loved about the Dalai Lama and just seeing in my travels, that was my big life lesson, how stressed everyone was. And I'm like, this is 
prime time of your life. You're traveling the world. You get to see all these new things. Um, but you miss out when we are so rigid and inflexible. And again, it, 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 even fast forward now into my adult life, I do see that. And that's what's stressing everybody out. And that's what's ruining relationships, that inflexibility and, and just taking things so seriously all the time. Some things we need to take seriously, but not everything. It's okay if you're kids go to school with their face unwashed, right? It's okay if your house isn't perfect sparkling if someone comes to the door. Yeah. You know, I totally agree with that. And I think once you realize that that it's okay, the world's not going to end, nothing's going to fall apart, you're not going to get fired from from being a wife or a mom or any of those things if you just let life be okay. I get the same kind of accused by my husband more than once in a week. It's, you know, you're just like a big old kid. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, you have a choice. You get up every day and you can go, well, here we go again. You know, and you can get on your little cape and you can get in your little wheel and you can do the thing. Or you can get up and go, what's in this world for me today? And you can find some adventure in it. And that, yeah. that brings out that childlike curiosity, you know. I, yeah. I, think, it's, I think it's mandatory for survival. And I think that's, that's part of it. I think once you finally get that, then you, you breathe differently, you know? So true. I'm always saying, it's funny that you say adventure. I'm always saying adventure, especially when things don't go as planned, right? Adventure. And my kids are like, I hate your adventures. They usually involve, we went skiing once, and we saw this sign, don't touch the dynamite. And they're like freaking out. There's dynamite. Are we going to touch it when we ski? And then, of course, there's explosions right above us. They were doing avalanche testing. And so I'm like, adventure. Yeah. So they're like, I hate your adventures, Mom, but it does. It, it really it really does keep us going and, and keeps things fresh and novel and helps our physical and emotional well-being and, and relationships, too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there just needs to be, everybody needs to be okay with normalizing Plan B. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. it's out there. There's always a will and there's always a way, and you just kind of got to step back out. I, I grew up as a dancer. And I had a tad teacher when I was a little girl. I took from for years and years. We'd go travel to take classes from him. And uh, he always he would tell us, just remember, there are no such things as problems in life, only challenges and opportunities. And it, when I heard it when he was eight, you know, I was like, oh, my hero. And then it wasn't until then that I understood what he meant. Yeah. You know, so if you see it as a problem, you're going to see the problem. But if you see it as a challenge or an opportunity, to learn or grow or take that adventure, uh, it just fits different, you know? Exactly. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let's turn the tables a little bit, not to really go in a different direction, but let's do turn the tables and put you on the pedestal for a minute. Sorry, my dog is barking. And help you recognize that you are, in fact, probably more people's hero in a day than you know. So thank you for the space that you provide and the, the healing that you bring to people and the joy you help open back up for them. We thank you for that. Thanks, yeah. So with that cape in place, is this, if this was your moment in the spotlight and you had a one line of wisdom to share with the world, Carolyn, what would your t-shirt say? Force the universe. It's something I'm always telling my husband. We've got to force the universe, you know, to live the life we want to leave. It can be scary. It can be risky, but it's a risk taker's advantage. I'm always talking about the risk taker's advantage in life where we – do achieve what we set out to do and we're not getting stuck in the traps that we think are 
you know, maybe helping us. Like we have so many, my husband, I'm always telling my husband, especially because he's got all these safety nets. You know, I don't, he wants to have his own company, but he's scared. So he, he falls back on the safety net. It's just an illusion of job security. You could be let go at any time, right? Or of benefits or whatever else. We, we just fall back on the yeah, buts. And so forcing the universe, we're not letting those yeah, buts get in the way. We are going out there and doing the things that we want to do and living that life, like I said, that, that, that we want to lead. So that would be it, force the universe. I like it, force the universe. That's beautiful. You know, Karen, we've done almost 300 interviews, and probably almost 200 of those. We've asked this very same question, and we have 200 completely different, unique statements. Not one person has repeated someone else. Oh, wow. It is the coolest thing. It just is proof how much wisdom is out there, right? How much beautiful stuff people around this world have to share. I mean, not one of them. They're not even in the same categories. I can't even say that they are similar in sentence. It's an amazing thing. Kath, where does force of the universe take you? I think that's very empowering. You know, I think that gives you permission to take some of the power into your own hands, right? And, and you just got to make it work, right? So we, you yeah. just got to make it work. You just got to. And so yeah. mm-hmm. when you don't have a safety net, you better catch the other end, you know, if you're going to take that jump. And if you fall, you're going to figure out how to get out of the hole and get back up to where you want it to be. Yeah, you know, people, I always tell people when they're like, you know, I've bought all these books and I've read all these books and I'm like, footwork makes the book work, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just delve into shelf help and go, I'm cured. I'm fixed. Exactly. You, have to, you have to do the work. So, That's okay. true. Even with my clients that I, that I work with and families, they say us meeting once a week, talking is never going to make a difference. I'm going to facilitate. We can see this as a setting up intentions and setting up a plan for you to follow through and do the work in between, right? Um, because we're not going to rewire our brain. We're not going to make ourselves happy. We're not going to make any change just by reading a book or sitting and talking. It's actually, I, I talk about love, happiness, motivation. They're all verbs. We do love. We do happiness. So, yeah, you, you, you hit it on the head there. That's exactly it. you got to go do it. Great advice times two. I love it. I love it. Force the universe and then do the footwork. Like it. What a great challenge. Oh, ladies, I can continue with this conversation on and on. This is beautiful, and there's been so much wisdom shared, but we are, in fact, at that place where we're going to have to close our show, Caroline, with respect to you and uh, with respect to our audience. We would love to have you come back and visit with us again one day, and thank you so much for what you've shared um, I would like our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by Enlighten Up and Guided by Grace. If we can serve you in some way, if you want to talk, if you have a story to share, or you just need to ear, we're interested in what you have to say, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Uh, again, Caroline, I'm going to say thank you for your time, for joining us from Canada. Uh, thank you for the, the space that you provide and the healing that you give to the people that you touch. Kathy, how would you like to close today? I would like to close today by first saying thank you for being with us, Um, but with a challenge. 
um, and a pretty simple challenge, a pretty straightforward challenge. Get up off your butt and do something, one thing that moves you forward, just once, every day. Little things. I like that challenge. Yeah, that's a good one. Caroline, we would be honored if you would take the stage and close out our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today? Well, thanks again for having me. And I, I think just to build off of the challenge, it's being able to set the intention first thing in the morning before you get out of bed. What's, what is that one thing? And, and maybe it's something small like I'm going to smile to five people today um, or I'm going to reach out to that one person I've been thinking about. So set that intention in the morning and it can be or, – or even just I'm going to pay attention to the heat of my coffee as, as I drink my coffee. One small little thing, and I, I think just being mindful about setting that intention, um, and that will help you set your day moving forward. <laughs>